0: Would you like to know? Well, you should listen.
1: Zoom, Cron, week in review. Listen closely. Zoom,
0: Cron,
1: it's gonna help you.
0: Then think for yourself.
1: What? tell you,
0: from my perspective,
1: in the
0: Zoom Cron,
1: week in review, right now,
0: here's independent journalist, Travis Williams- Skink All right, take three. You're listening to another episode of Zoom Cron Week in Review. I'm your host, Travis Williams-Skink Mateer, and sitting here with me, Allie. Hi. Hello, Allie. So this is the the third take because, well, you know, the first couple were just, uh, we're not up to, up to par for, uh, for a free podcast about local headlines um, that, that wants to be taken seriously. We want to be taken seriously, right? We want our voices to be heard. I don't think people can hear the shrug. You have to speak. Sure. Yeah. We want to, we want to be heard. So um, <clears throat> the kind of question is, who gets to speak right now? Um, Zoe Zephyr. There's a movement that has arisen to let her speak. Yeah. It is a movement that was out in full force last night. And so we were recording here on a Saturday. <clears throat> Yesterday was Friday. I think the 28th. I get my days mixed up sometimes. Uh, Because I'm working really hard to report on some local issues that are not part of a movement because homeless camps, actually a topic that people really want to run the opposite direction from. But is there any other headline this week, Allie, that's worth even talking about outside of Zoe Zephyr and the legislation that Gene Forte signed, actually? Um, I mean, maybe we could do something crazy, like look at the legislation. That could be one thing uh, to actually look at the law. Let's be in past that has led to um, comments by Zoe Zephyr about blood on the hands. We can maybe like read that specific comment that Zoe made that caused the decorum concerns by legislators. It's funny because I actually saw how legislators operate the sausage making because there's some legislation that I was hoping to see pass. It didn't get passed because SB 523 had a lot of powerful opponents. That's not a movement, though but taxes, homeless camps, there, there are no movements in institutional power, you know, no, no national people coming in, um, to, to give support to those kind of issues. But, um, I don't know, where do you want to start, Ali? Where should we start? Should we start with the posts of the week or should we start with Zoe Zephyr?
2: I think Zoe Zephyr brings forth an important piece of conversation. I mean, I, I think it obviously strikes a chord for a reason and, um, I, I think at some point we should wade into that. If you'd like to look at the local headlines first, we can do that.
0: Well, maybe we shouldn't just move backwards or we can move forwards in time or we can move backwards. I mean, Zoe Zephyr is the topic last okay. night. Last night we watched a movie.
2: Is that what you'd like to talk about first? Sure.
0: Let's do it. Um, Cause we're going to talk about it and then I'm going to play you a song that I recorded this morning. Okay. Because I'm trying to take the anger that I'm experiencing because it's, It's almost like, should it be appropriate that I'm experiencing anger over all of the attention that has now exploded? I mean, we have Zoe Zephyr on CNN, all kinds of national headlines. Rolling Stone, a magazine that I'm checking out because there might be Mm an article coming out soon with a, a sort of Montana connection. But, you know, Zoe Zephyr's in Rolling Stone. She is all over. It is powerful. What were the comments that were actually said that caused the decorum concern? Is that something that maybe we should... We should start with or should we go should we go f- like further back?
2: I think I always like the birds-eye view of what's going on.
0: You might be able to better accomplish that than I.
2: Maybe, and I'll be the first to say that I'm not super well versed in the facts of everything that's going on, but and I'm, I'm not very social media literate either, so maybe that's a good thing in this particular conversation. It,
0: um, it actually is going to be a huge benefit because right now Twitter is a trigger for me that okay. I need to stay away from because there is virtually nothing else on yeah. hashtag Montana poll, hashtag Montana ledge, yeah. other than Zoe's effort. That, and, and everyone rushing to virtue signal their support or to be stupid conservative opposition. There's, there's no um, actual middle ground conversation that regular people would probably want to listen to
2: this I have to disclose from the beginning that this is actually an issue near and dear to my heart I don't even like calling it an issue people are close to my heart and so I carry a lot of people in my heart who are touched by this issue so um, yeah so I just for full disclosure on that it's something that that means a lot to me as I know it means a lot to Possibly people listening or, or anyone who's been reading the headlines, too.
0: Well, um, you might be able to balance out what I will be bringing forth, and that's just a level of frustration that is, I hope, people can hear. Based in my years now of trying to get some very important stories out into this local community and beyond, I would love to get national attention for the corruption that you and I are both looking into. That would be fantastic. That would actually make me feel like I had a safer space here in Missoula because I don't feel like I always have a safe space in Missoula, but I'm a, I'm a heterosexual, white, cisgender male. And so I don't know if talking about tweakers and the fact that today I tried to go to the pool my daughter, which was a pretty great experience overall, except for the tweaker underneath the train trellis that made me a little nervous as we were walking around the duck pond. Maybe also we can talk later about what duck pond means, because that is a fascinating conversation. But Zoe Zephyr, I'm trying to find the actual comments she made so that um, we can we can start there.
2: So back to the bird's eye view, Mm -hmm. Zoe Zephyr, to my knowledge, is the first uh, openly trans person serving in the Montana State Legislature, Um, and from my perspective, she experienced quite a bit of flack from fellow legislators from day one and so that is true that's been somewhat of a theme and it's been exacerbated of late because of a decision to censure her after saying the phrase that you're looking up as we speak and because of the censure it unleashed a groundswell of local and national attention and here we are in the somewhat fallout of that, although I, I would say it's just so amplified. I'm not going
0: necess- to I'm sorry to just kind of break in. I did. Um, I haven't found the comment yet, but um, <laughs> oh, I what was I even going to say? Um, continue what you were saying. I'm I'm sorry.
2: I think Montana is yet again in the crosshairs of a national dialogue, um, but. We can get subsumed by the national context and all the big issues, but for me, there's simply one, there's one thing at stake and that's love one another. And how we do that, how we express that may take on different forms, but I, I think at the core, this is a person-to-person conversation. I, I know that a lot of politics and money on both sides have entered the sphere, and that be, that dominates everything. So,
0: okay, and, and that's what I was going to say um, when I sort of rushed in and, and interrupted you, and for that I apologize. Um, true or false? Let me ask this question. Is there a national movement to, quote, protect trans kids? True. Right, there's, um, a, there's a national movement do sometimes local legislators get a little um, concerned about whether or not they have an organic issue before them or something that is a national issue that is getting pushed on a national basis because of um, whatever forces might be involved?
2: I suppose I see what you're saying.
0: So, for example, legislators in Helena— especially conservative ones that may have been um, open to some tax reform with SB 523. They were touchy just because a lot of the people were coming from Missoula, which to them Mm -hmm. is a foreign land. That is not Montana. Sure. And so the legislators, you know, they not only, not only were they a little miffed that all these Missoula people were giving them a Missoula show about tax increment financing. We had some, some weird issues with the, the rules in which there were attempts to out us as Missoula people in the middle of the, the committee. Um, there was um, efforts to give us lectures on using proper nouns. And one man used a naughty word. He used the word bastards and there was a point of order. He was shut down. Does he, should, should he get a chance to break decorum? Because he doesn't like his property taxes going up and up and up and up?
2: I think there are a lot of issues you sort of threw at the wall just there. But, um, but to your point about is it a national issue being forced on a local legislature? I view it sort of the opposite, I guess. And maybe I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong, but I view it as a person-to-person issue that all politics is local, and it actually starts okay, and that's a, that's around a, the family dinner table. Right. Honestly, so I I view it. It's not like this necessarily like a big, scary national issue. I think it's a very intimate, personal. Interpersonal. Okay,
0: issue. so so here here's something. So one of the things I talk about um, with my kids, not around the dinner table, because I'm uh, currently in a divorce situation. Um, for anyone that wants to, you know, get into that, since that was part of the commentary in one of my blog posts. Thanks, Greg Strandberg. So when I'm thinking about my kids, I have three of them, uh, and their genders aren't fucking important to the people listening right now. But I don't want them to get shot and killed in a school shooting. Is it true or false, Allie, that there was a school shooting recently in which a transgender person, um, a, a, someone that identified as a, as a different gender than they were born, was the person with the gun shooting and killing kids, allegedly? Was, is it true or false?
2: There have been true several school shootings with people of different genders. And right. It's, I mean... Would, to, would you agree,
0: though? Would to, you would you agree that that um, fact, okay... Um, is is in part adding to a heightened sense of concern about rhetoric that might be provocative and incendiary since there has been violence now from the trans community directed at, in that case, a Christian school. Fuck those Christians, right? Especially those Christian kids.
2: I don't agree with that at all. Let's read
0: Let's read in the light of that. Let's read Zoe Zephyr's comment that I finally found here. She here. She, I will make sure to use the proper fucking pronoun. Okay. So that we can not focus on some kind of misgendering issue and just talk about the fucking words that came out of Zoe Zephyr's goddamn mouth. Okay. Quote. If you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands, Zephyr said.
2: Okay. So
0: How's that is that decorum? Is is that is that is that in line with the decorum of the Montana State legislator and all those funny white guys that sit there in judgment of people like Zoe?
2: I'm not saying It it, it most likely does breach decorum. It's also a phrase that's been used by elected officials in Florida and in Colorado. And to me, I don't find it offensive. What I find offensive, I hear infinitely more offensive phrases than that on a daily basis.
0: Right, and um, we've discussed before um, getting getting on and recording how stupid conservatives in Montana are to walk into this trap and to give these activists what they want. And so now these activists are getting famous; they have national headlines. Um, this is going to take up all of the oxygen. At the end of the legislature, this legislature only meets every two years, right. and so now we've got so much attention. We've got we've got bills flying out of committees and going to other committees just to continue to keep Zoe Zephyr in her little uh, pen. Now, as she as she sits out on a bench um, outside of the chamber where people are sitting with her, like she's fucking Mother Teresa, getting a picture, getting a selfie. Yeah.
2: I have to say, I, I and and I know there will be people who really take umbrage with me saying so, um, but my heart goes out to Zoe. It really, truly does, and and because I don't see this as a quote issue, I don't see it as political. I see, I, and I'm not denying the fact that there are political forces that are interjecting. I'm not saying what I believe about the legislation itself. What I'm saying specifically is about the person. And I Okay, well,
0: let's talk about the person. Okay. Um, is it something for the public to know in terms of where a person is coming from and what they have done in the past?
2: I think that's a factor.
0: So if someone has um, been part of a culture that was involved in a scandal where children may have been harmed sexually... Is that something that should be important, or should we take the journalist that is bringing this to light, and should we just um, try and destroy him on social media because he used Kiwi Farm as one of his sources?
2: I can't speak to an article that I've never read and a reporter who I know nothing about, but what I can say is unequivocally, I don't support child sexual abuse, period, no matter who perpetrates it. And there's a lot of perpetrators, unfortunately, as we've discussed before— in the church Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of people have been burned by the church, and so uh, they may find themselves in the category of uh, wrestling with their identity and all of that. So I I do, people have a reason that their story brings them to the place where they are. And so to the degree that love can meet people right where they are, that's where I'd like to be.
0: Well, I like to be um, in uh, reality where facts and actual motivations um, are, are exposed. And if Jeremy Carl is the person that's going to start that, who's
2: I am Jeremy going Carl?
0: to uh, support through linking and quoting. So who's so Jeremy Carl? Jeremy Carl is the journalist. I am not familiar with the Fremont Claremont Institute. Uh, this is where this piece came from. It was put out or sort of blasted by Aaron Flint. Uh, here is one of the quotes. And. I am using the name, the, the given name um, of Zoe Zephyr, not to dead name or to cause any additional harm or trauma, but I think it's somewhat relevant in terms of finding information about a person who is in public office, making, trying to make decisions to influence public policy that will have an impact for not just the 11,000 people in her district, but across the state of Montana. So, And I'm in Zoe's district, by the way. Thank you for for registering that. Um, Okay, so this is a quote from the article put out by Jeremy Carl. Zachary Rash is Zoe Zephyr's given name, and that's the name used in the article, something that has been a primary focus on social media. Okay, Rash is intelligent and extremely interested in transhumanism, the melding of man and machine through technological enhancement of the human body. The subject of an abandoned master's thesis at the University of Montana, a subject that seems relevant to his decision to radically modify his own body. And then later, I'm going to read this quote. Um, this is something that I included, both these quotes are included uh, in my post. Okay, He was also a video gaming champion in a game called Super Smash Brothers. Some pre-transition performances of his tournament video gaming can be seen online. In 2020, a huge scandal erupted in the Super Smash Brothers community involving mass sexual harassment and abuse of minors during in-person gaming meetups. Rash publicly expressed regret that he may have put children at risk in taking them to these events. It may be just a coincidence that serious child sexual abuse broke out in a community with which Rash was heavily involved, or it is possible that he, he has been a perpetrator or a victim of such abuse but we don't know as none of the puff piece legacy media has bothered to investigate rash's background. What can be said is that childhood experiences of abuse, such as those that were going on around him are often precursors to those involved develop to those involved developing non-standard sexual identities. Rash is also a noted fan of manga and anime, a hobby enjoyed by many perfectly healthy people, but also a favorite of transgender individuals such as Chris Tyson an important member of Mr. Beast the world's most popular YouTube channel, who announced a love of anime involving sexualized children in the years before he came out as trans. Rash has posted disturbing sexualized anime images, such as the one below, that as of this writing, still on his official Twitter account. So again, I'm reading um, the name and the pronoun chosen by uh, the journalist, and I don't necessarily agree with using the opposite pronouns of what someone is wanting to be referred to as, but I do think the information, the context is something to consider. And so uh it's out there now because there is a person taking interest from an institute. So take it for what it's worth.
2: Yeah, and I also recognize that Zoe represents a large group of people within the United States who are paying attention to this this issue, if you want to call it that. Like and so I, I again, I have a hard time painting everything with a broad brush. I think every time like the first time, like every every situation is unique in its own right. Specifically, this situation came to the attention because of a censure that happened, right? So otherwise, the bill would have come before the legislature likely would have been voted down, and then nothing would have happened. But for the censure of Zoe, which, which made it more public, because, sure, it probably did violate decorum, as I'm sure a lot of other senators have. Um,
0: I think there's an argument here that if you can take some of the emotions out, which clearly, right now, I'm having difficulty doing, Um, strategy wise, this might not be a very smart way of so heavily in local legislators trying to preserve the ability of minors to access things like hormone, like, you know, big pharma drugs. Right. So, I mean, if you pull back the lens, if you're, is it smart to push so hard because it is going to create a backlash. So there's, there to me it's stupid strategy on both sides pushing so hard from this movement this national movement is maybe not the smartest and then for conservatives in montana basically everything they've done has been stupid up to this point in order to um take a look at at this at this one person and this little flame that this one person has and they're like oh cool a flame here's a gallon of gasoline let me just dump some gasoline on this and see what happens well, conservatives, you're seeing what happens fucking idiots driving me insane. This shit, this story is driving me insane.
2: Well, it's interesting. But we should to listen me. to a
0: song very soon.
2: Well, hold on. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I look of the, at this in terms of it's not just one individual. It's not just a political representative. This is our friends, family and neighbors. I mean, there's like that question is, who is my neighbor? Mr. Rogers would probably ask that question as well. But it, it is who is my neighbor? And that's it's kind of a rhetorical question of like pretty much everybody. Well, hey,
0: and it, maybe it's not just the ind- individual. Also, um, Zoe Zephyr has a partner, Aaron Reed, and sure. Aaron Reed was a part of this article and seems to be the litigious one right now in terms of telling Jeremy Carl there's going to be litigation for slanderous comments okay. made towards Aaron Reed. Aaron Reed is part of the national movement and is helping to maintain a database across the, co- so that young people, minors, can find the least restrictive places to get the most interference in their natural born gender. So um, yay, wonderful, sounds like a good thing if you want to push kids into making, um, in some in some cases, irretrievable changes or whatever the term would be. Um, is there's so much going on with this issue and there's so many strong emotions. It's unfortunate because it's going to be very difficult to have anything closely resembling a rational conversation. To be clear,
2: like I'm, I'm not talking about the merits or demerits of a policy. Like I'm, I'm looking at it as far as how the debate is playing out in the public sphere. And to me, if there is anything to be found offensive about what's going on, that is a, my point of offense, I suppose. And it, hopefully it's not offense, but I'm, I'm observing this and I'm wondering what happened because there's been times in my past where I've had very strong political views in one direction and I had friendships with people who had totally opposing political views. And we would for sure debate in, in good faith, the merits of you're arguments at, so, and policies. You're, but you're asking what happened? But what I'm saying is today, I don't know that those conversations could happen. And that saddens my heart. Do you know why?
0: Because there was a quote unquote pandemic. Okay. There was a, a situation in which I felt the need to defend against members of my own family Okay, Not just policy conversations, but an effort to coerce me into doing something that would harm my children that I not only didn't believe in, I had to actively oppose. And so it's a little bit hard for me as a parent to transition from the pandemic threat to my own kids to the sense that their normal confusion at their bodies as they are growing up is going to be somehow harnessed by people that want more members of a movement that ultimately benefits. If you're going to have to be on drugs for the rest of your life to maintain your now new chosen gender, who does that benefit in terms of money? Who's giving these kids the drugs? Hmm. I wonder if there's a connection between the pandemic fear, trying to get me to give my kids something I didn't ultimately give them, you know, and that same powerful institution and force Okay, that uh, might be making some money in some other places. Hmm. Well, or is that I... a conspiracy theory we can't talk about?
2: All I can say is hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And it's true. So because I'm thinking of standing in the shoes of a minor, for example, who's listening to not this specific conversation, but the general conversation in Montana nationally.
0: Did I forget to give the trigger warning at the beginning of this? I might have to add one. Um,
2: So what I'm saying is in the shoes of a youth who is listening to these conversations, they may be having questions themselves. They may feel alienated or rejected or have anxiety and depression and certain of those things. It's like, the but that's also that's what,
0: also part of this conversation is right. that there is a framing of suicide that if, okay. if all right, I'm let me let me explain this really quick. There is a concern, okay, that kids are going to hear that that states that are denying them access um, is is in part going to create more suicides like that. Cause and effect is being linked in in the rhetoric in in opposition to this legislation, and that has a potential a deleterious effect potential on the psychol the psychological stability of kids that are listening, and they're like, "Wow, if uh, this state is is doing this to me, you know, maybe maybe offing myself is the choice since I'm I'm being reduced in terms of my choices."
2: Sure. And what I'm saying is anyone who hears, like if you put yourself in the shoes of a youth, okay, like in as as a kid who's listening to an adult conversation, I guess. Like, and it's not an adult conversation, it's a it's a conversation that touches kids directly. And so, but there's a <laughs> There's just a level of maturity. So when people as as kids, if they're hearing adults arguing about something and it's like lots of emotions on both sides, I think sometimes that creates confusion. So my heart is like, where do we step in with compassion toward people like that? I mean, that a lot of people rightfully on both sides, I'm sure are saying we want to protect them, we want to help them and and harness them. So so I'm like how does that work? Because if it's going to be a conversation about youth, I hope that it's centered um just toward youth. And I'm not necessarily saying that for this conversation. I'm saying globally when these issues are spoken about, I like I'd like to think like if you're an impressionable youth on either side, like I hope what people hear is love one another, (laughs) like as a base, as a baseline to have those conversations.
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds like a decent approach. Um, I'm going to, my approach is going to be, if I don't have anything nice to say right now, I'm not going to say anything at all. And so how about a song? Because I did fit my um, extreme, Emotions over this issue in, into verse. Sure. And a ukulele. So we're going to listen to that and then you can let me know what you think of that song afterwards, Ellie, and we can get on to other issues after that because there was other news actually happening this week. So we are going to cover that after this tune. Enjoy. Is it possible for an older white man like myself to understand the movement happening here? In Missoula and beyond. If there is any chance, well, it's gonna be through song. So here's the song to wrap up the week
1: It's revolution. Watch them fight for the solution of drugs and knives. It's not confusion, that's just your hate. Our revolution is fucking great. So cut it off or jab it in. Show me that hormone grin. God must have fucked up bad. Now go die, mom and dad. That's kind of harsh, but it's a celebration. Watch them clap. True believers in bubble wrap. It's not delusion, you latent queer. Bring the children, lose your fear. So cut it off or jab it in. Show me that hormone grin. God must have fucked up bad. Now go die, mom and dad. Hmm, It's a movement. Watch them rise Unaware of two dead black guys They got snuffed out, you know Before their time But misgendering, that's the real crime So cut it off or jab it in Show me that hormone grin Guy must have fucked up bad now go die, mom and dad. From the top,
0: just the first verse.
1: It's a revolution, yeah. Watch them fight for the solution of big pharma drugs and knives. It's not confusion. That's just your hate. all oh, revolution! It's it's fuck. so much fucking everyone fucking
2: great
0: well that was the tune
2: i do have something to say to that i believe instead of revolution i like the word revival uh, which means to make alive again and i feel like we are in a season believe it or not that's like ripe for revival And I'm excited about that in some ways. Also, I would say not one person on this planet is a mistake. I would also say that for everyone listening, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are heard, and you belong. So those were my thoughts in relation to the song.
0: Uh, My thoughts would be, sorry, kids, uh, the adults are fucking retarded, um, and you just got to listen to your little inner voice. Um, It's unfortunate that inner voice um, has a cluster of bullshit narratives all trying to suck your soul um, out of your body. So let us move on to some other issues. Uh, What do we got going? Um, Also, I did have to just include in that song the fact that I continue to want to understand uh, the context that exists in which uh, Sean Stevenson can be euthanized in a hospital um, and the guy allegedly assaulted, who assaulted Sean, can be shot in the back twice by Missoula County Sheriff's Office. Um, You know, just, just questions I have in my mind. But those are questions that will be answered another day, hopefully. Today, we are going to continue a conversation and the homeless camp conversation is a very positive one. I'm going to try and rebound from my extreme feelings um, to try and, and, and bounce back into the, the positivity of Todd's meth camp being gone from behind Missoula College. It's gone. It took yeah. lots of money. It's t- about $1,200, which I paid out of my own pocket and I hope to get compensated for. It took the effort of many volunteers, one of the core volunteers that assisted me was one of the activists back in the day, not too far back, but one of the, the, the people involved in the, the anti-TIF movement. That was a movement. That movement now is sort of back in slumber land, but it was great because this <clears throat> this giant two-story meth shack was something that actually caused a lot of strong feelings as well. And part of that was... This one guy showed up on Saturday, Earth Day. That's one of the reasons why this this cleanup was happening. Earth Day was happening on Saturday. And a guy showed up. His intent, what he wanted to do was to, quote, smoke a bowl and run off the motherfucker that built this thing. I think I'm kind of paraphrasing a bit, but that was the sentiment expressed. So borderline vigilantism is what I saw in that anger in which we actually directed it towards cleaning shit up. So that was good. And then another person that helped us out that day on Earth Day, just one of the many days of cleanups, uh, was a homeless guy that was about three weeks sober himself and helped me identify who the shack belonged to. I suspected because of the craftsmanship, it was Todd's handiwork. Turns out, yes, Todd's handiwork. Um, and so Todd Spence is someone that I will use his name because he's been arrested so many times uh, in and out of jail. You can see mug shots. I, I take that mugshot now on my phone and I show people especially people in his own community, in the homeless community. I let them know uh, what he's doing, what kind of blowback it causes everyone in the community, in the homeless community, or houseless, whatever fucking word is being used right now. Because there is a bigger question, just like with you know the trans issue, there is a national problem of, oh, I almost said the F word, folks, of people without houses, Some of them choose to not have um, a conventional lifestyle because they want to use intravenous drugs and just do that until they're dead. And so the degree in which we're enabling a drug epidemic by allowing people to live in this manner and an environmental crisis, because in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of attention on the Clark Fork River. Um, Some national environmental groups said it's in the top 10 most endangered rivers in the country. Number five. Wow. And that's because of Smurfit Stone. The conversation about homeless camps is one that people really don't want to have. For me, this is kind of like when I was doing the the homeless outreach program stuff and doing the Reserve Street work, which really came to a halt after I left my job in 2016 and was picked back up by Kevin Davis of the Let's Improve Reserve Street Facebook group. Um, We have now clocked some amazing successes. And the video that I put out, at the end of the week is very visually disturbing when it comes to the amount of refuge that can pile up in homeless encampments. I didn't plan for the end of my week of activity to to correspond with a press conference, but just the way synchronicity has it, um, I was able to be in, in person listening to the press conference. So. Got to ask a question of our mayor about jurisdictions. DNRC is the state jurisdiction that has some kind of oversight, or at least, I mean, the land ownership question of where does the land actually reside in ownership? And so for Todd's meth shack, it looks like the DNRC would be the responsible jurisdiction. They want a plat in order to see that. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. There's a lot more to this issue, but my head is really throbbing. I have a headache. And it's hard for me to think clearly. So, anything you'd like to, to chime in on on the homeless camp cleanup efforts, Ellie?
2: I saw them up close and personal and moved a few loads, and it was uh, quite the accomplishment. I think over just a few days to see the benefit to the riverbank and the river ultimately, and I think it's it's really. Encouraging to see people all around the community pitching in for Earth Day activities and the cleanup.
0: I, I think though the the listeners might need to hear why they have been denied an opportunity to get a really colorful stuffed animal as part of a raffle.
2: Yeah, that's because really I creepy. I really
0: wanted to keep this stuffed animal, but yeah. I, you were the one that told me specifically that was a no.
2: It it was creepy. I mean that that thing was demonic. I-
0: The video is actually kind of interesting because it opens with the image of a horror character. Yes. And I actually conclude the video with a different image of the Jason mask from a different homeless encampment. So it's almost kind of like the horror show aspect of what I'm seeing is being brought into this sort of horror fiction realm by these kind of images. And And that... Even though it was a rainbow-stuffed animal, its face was very creepy.
2: It was extremely creepy.
0: It's in the landfill now. I hope so. One of the things I'd like to uh, thank is Republic Services. So I'll be working on the grant application in order to try and get that cost compensated. Um, Susan was the person that was my account person, and she was a delight to work with. I sent a nice kudos to her supervisor. Um, I actually think there might be sort of a lot of talk in the Republic the local Republic Missoula community just because it was a it was listed as a transient camp cleanup on the contract and so I think there might be some volunteers that want to do some additional cleanup from Republic because they are interested in the work yeah I was really it was very strangely it was probably strange for them because I was excited to actually spend the money because I knew that there was going to be an opportunity to do collaborative work and turns out that that was correct but now I Definitely want to try and get those costs covered. So. Sure. Another individual that showed up that day, uh, Gonzo. So I got to meet Gonzo, and he is part of the floating down the river as a livelihood community. You yeah. know, the river, especially since we're shifting at, in a large way economically into tourism, the need to have a clean river and clean riverbanks is important for people that make money from the river. Yeah. So Gonzo showed up. He helped out. There was a West Broadway Island cleanup they did earlier in the day. There's some conversations around whether or not they were directed not to be there in the West Broadway area because of active campsites by the houseless folks. And they went there anyways and cleaned it up.
2: Montana has a provision in its constitution that we have a right to a clean and healthful environment.
0: You're right. That is actually a highlight of the Montana Constitution from 1972.
2: I believe so. Bob Campbell would know.
0: Oh, Bob Campbell would know.
2: In his pocket constitutions, which I've always appreciated.
0: Well, you have a nice smile. I'm glad to see a smile. Thank you. Bob made you smile.
2: Bob does make me smile.
0: Yep. Um, so <clears throat> I think the, the celebration that ensued, that there is now, I think, some constructive efforts moving forward will be reflected as I give some updates to city council, county commissioners. I did get a chance to go to the county commissioner's meeting on Thursday at 2 o'clock to, to let them know that my TIFF, Travis's Impact Fund, is kicking butt. Yeah. Although there's still only four donations. One was a very nice one. That was the seed, the seed money to kind of start the whole shebang, the $500 from a very nice anonymous donor. And moving forward, it's going to be a very active spring going into summer, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, the press conference, the way that I immediately heard this play out is someone like Mayor Hess is communicating that they cannot tell people not to camp right. if there is not the sort of commensurate Shelter. bed spaces in shelters. And so sure. if we. They are already directly tying this to the loss of the Johnson Street Shelter. My frustration is the Johnson Street Shelter has been seasonal and was already scheduled to close. Right. The, the voting of no for the crisis mill levy has not kicked in yet. So what, what right. we are seeing as, as this crisis explodes in terms of the visual frustration of encampments everywhere and our local officials saying they can't do anything about it you know they're going to now shift this into saying we need more money you local communities said no we now need to find more creative ways to get more money that is a bit of a, a red herring i i am frustrated because one of the things that so i had a conversation with some people actively camping out on west broadway island and they were they were actually shocked that parks and rec was coming to relocate them and to clean up the trash yeah so i explained to them i listened to the press conference guys Trash like this will not be allowed. And so they actually had to hear that because I don't know if anyone is is effectively communicating that just because the Ninth Circuit Court decision says you you can't necessarily deny someone the ability to temporarily pop a tent and and to sleep, that doesn't give them the, the, the leeway to just create hazards.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because that is what the city is citing, the Ninth Circuit Court decision, which says effectively... We cannot criminalize homelessness. And so that puts them in somewhat, it it puts some limitations on what they can and can't do. And so they're operating within that framework.
1: And
0: some of the curious stuff for me has been restarting, again, these conversations about jurisdiction. And so the reason I was given the heads up on the press conference is because I had stopped by the city attorney's office. Yeah. I confirmed that Jim Nugent is still alive.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He is. He's still there. He had a, a black mask on. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he he seemed pretty uh, coherent. And he led me back into the city attorney's office because I was talking to him about my my hope of having a jurisdictional jurisdictional conversation. And it turns out Ryan Sudberg is the guy within the city attorney's office handling okay. the the that conversation. Yeah. One of the interesting things he told me is that my previous understanding of what Todd was dealt back in the Reserve Street area, I thought that was an eviction that had to be um, sort of processed by the landowner, which would have been the Department of Transportation. Right. It was not an eviction. What was it? So Ryan explained to me it was an injunction. And Ali, you can help me understand what the heck that means an because injunction the injunc- means stop. Yes. So it was a injunction, but that was still directed at an individual, right? You, can injunction be, it, you have to have some individual in order to direct some kind of legal action like that, whether eviction or injunction. I
2: would have to see what it said.
0: Okay. That would be actually interesting to get it, that paperwork be because Department of Transportation owned the land in that case. And so they could be the party involved in that legal action. So more
2: jurisdictional football exists beyond Mineral County.
0: Well, it, it exists everywhere. If there's a way to say no to doing something that's hard and challenging and gross, then they will find a way to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's anything else to maybe sort of add on to that. There, some, of, some of the other things, there were chemicals that we found, glass tubes, a shit ton of glass tubes, like thousands yeah. So whether or not That's medical not waste is being secured by the Missoula College or Montech, that was a question. Yeah, but it's I, a health hazard. I sent images along to Whitney Bennett. Whitney Bennett is the public information officer for the city police. And so she assured me she would get that on to the drug task force or whoever's pretending like we're combating uh, drug trafficking Yeah. on a serious level. So that was a good thing that Todd's shanty shack meth den was removed from the banks yes. of the river. I think it was a good thing.
2: Agreed. And there was a lot of good work done um, across the city. And it's, it's really encouraging to live in a community where people really do care about it. Um, people are willing to roll up their sleeves and actually do the boots on the ground work, which I think is pretty unique about Missoula. I, I've lived in different communities and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they would share the same sentiments or values. Yeah, so it was pretty, when pretty it came, awesome. When it
0: came to an opportunity to actually spring into action, some of the people that l- stopped their boat on the riverbank and came to help out, yeah. we actually had to send them down because they had chacos on their feet and that wasn't yeah. appropriate for cleaning up a mess shack. Right. But they were there, anyways, yeah. with chacos holding sturdy bags open so that the shoveling of dirt and debris could be put in
2: that's pretty awesome
0: are we ready to talk about trespassing and cannabis and cows
2: oh lord i
0: you know maybe
2: we should take a quick break (laughs) i think we should
0: take a quick break but um i'm i was really happy to get that that reaction from you because you know the immensity Uh, of what now we're gonna have to get into Yes. I mean, um, we're probably going to need another 30 or 45 minutes just to sort of get into that.
2: I'm glad for the heads up so we can take a break.
0: Okay, so we are taking a break. Um, If you're familiar, if you've been reading along at zoomcron.com, you might have a sense of what's coming. And I should acknowledge that the image at the top of the post of how high are those Highlander cows, Wally, posted on April 25th, that's not a Highlander cow. I do acknowledge that. It was a lively comment section. We're going to get into some comments, maybe some additional Facebook posts. Okay. I'm going to talk about my understanding of trespassing from my work at the shelter because I have a very intricate understanding of trespassing. Oh, Allie, we're going to have fun in this conversation coming up. More to come. More to come, but we got to take a break first. Stay tuned. And we are back after a little pause to gather ourselves for the cows and the cannabis and the courts. We learned about the cows and the That's cannabis. That's a lot of seeds. It is, and we we learned about you know these cows possibly doing the cannabis in a courtroom, two courtrooms actually. Where do we begin with this? <clears throat> should I should I start reading just maybe the first paragraph? Sure. Well, let, let me preface it by saying, Martin Zaluski, I apologize for ruining your your Monday, possibly your week. Oh. That's the state veterinarian that I called. <laughs> yeah. So the post on April 25th, how high are those Highlander cows, Wally, starts like this. When Montana State Veterinarian Martin Zaluski answered his phone early Monday morning, I'm willing to bet the last thing he expected was a conversation about the consequences of feeding cows cannabis. Much less all the other stuff he heard from me in the pre-9 a.m. phone call. Pretty you know, early. I wake up early, and that week, which was this past week, which we're reviewing in this week of review, we are. I really wanted to know about cows and cannabis. I I found articles about hemp and cows' milk. I found a graduate thesis about you know how me- weed metabolizes that in was cows. Weird. Well, I wanted to show that I was very interested because clearly my presence at the farm. Or the what do you what do you call it when ranch? you raise the ranch? Yes, that's what. See, I'm not from Montana. I was born in Spokane. Yeah. Oh. And I wasn't. Well, I, that explains a lot. Exactly. And I haven't done a lot of calving during calving time. I there's a lot of ranch stuff I haven't done. But
2: have you seen Yellowstone?
0: Yes, I have. Okay. I do know a thing or two about trespassing though, and we're going to talk about it from my time working at the Pavarello Center, and that's important because. Wow, this whole cow thing is really getting crazy. And for a little history, when I was driving back from the capital, so from Helena, I saw that the cows were on the road. So you can see- cows? That's a very good question. Who, what, where, when, why? So, Watley Congdon, the deputy county attorney of Mineral County, raises Highlander cows. Yeah. This is east of Missoula in a place called Clinton. It's even almost like east of Clinton, straddling Granite County and Missoula County. And so when you're driving on Interstate 90, as I was doing... Yeah. Leaving Helena, hopeful SB 523 would would live, but it died. And I also didn't want to see motorists die if they hit a big fucking cow. Yeah, and that's I, a
2: problem on Montana highways.
0: Animals being hit is, uh, is a pretty big deal. And so when I saw that these cows were not only on the road, but kind of close to the interstate, and when I was looking at the quality of the interstate fencing, I started... Thinking that that would be a really big problem to hit a cow going like eighty miles an hour, yeah,
2: or a moose for that matter.
0: And the ranch manager, um, she she loves her cows, and so I would really hope that that everyone just wants safety for cows and humans driving yeah. cars. Fair. Hmm. Okay.
2: So you saw cows that had gotten loose, and you made mention of that to the owner of the property.
0: Correct. So when I when I knocked on Wally Congdon's door and we talked about cows, that was the whole like premise for me knocking on the doors that I was interested in why the cows were on the road. Hence, Wally Congdon, again, the deputy county attorney of Mineral County, he told me to, to check out the gate because the gate was all messed up, he said, rammed by locals, possibly youth. So, I, he invited me out to his property. He verbally said, hey, Travis, check out the gate. Like, like multiple times. I'm like, all right, Wally, yeah, I'll check out the gate next week. He's like, no, you got to look at the gate because the cows, they get out. Yeah. They go up the draw. He mentioned a pot farm back in the day.
2: Hmm.
0: Weed grown maybe... Illegally, because I think recreational weed's only been legal since yeah. January 1st, 2000. Now, 2023, 2000
2: now, and also <laughs> s- still federally illegal. So,
0: well, yeah. regardless, apparently the the cows can eat the weed. They eat nap weed. And yeah. the question, though, because we were in a courtroom, is: Did Wally Congdon take 200 pounds of cannabis, or was it hemp? Did he load it in his personal truck, and did he feed it to the cows?
2: He didn't dispute taking it. We don't really know what happened other than it got loaded into his truck. And beyond that, it's just basically his word.
0: So some of the challenging things, because in this post, and I'm not going to read it, but um, we've got one possibility, feeding this stuff to cows. Right. When you're running a ranch, or it sounds like the ranch manager runs the ranch, but when you're operating or owning a ranch, if you're selling that meat commercially... There's probably gonna be some level of like huh maybe don't do that and that's yeah. why I was calling like the AG department and I was making a bunch of phone calls Monday that led me to this poor Marty guy that was like what in the hell am I talking to this journalist guy for about I'm sure cow's getting <laughs> yeah you know stoned or something but um I, I went out to the property as invited and I took some pictures of that gate That gate was messed up. As you can see at zoomcron.com under the, the title, of course, of the post. I've said it a few times now. How high are those Highlander cows, Wally? Yeah. How high? Well, I don't know how high the motorists were to run into that gate, but that gate is messed up. So I took a picture of the That's gate. That's too bad. It is too bad. And uh, after taking the picture of the gate, I did make a phone call to the phone number available for the the ranch. And I talked to the ranch manager. Was it a cordial conversation? Not really. So Hmm. I've written my depiction. I've seen the other depiction on the Facebook account of the ranch manager. But it's interesting because there's now just people making comments on the the post. There's some concern about what trespassing might mean. And so I want to chat briefly, Allie, with you about trespassing.
2: Okay. We'll keep it brief.
0: Your mind is a legal mind, right? You have this legal ability to understand stuff. I thought
2: you said illegal. No. A-legal.
0: A-legal mind. You have a legal-minded mind.
2: Sometimes, yeah.
0: So when I worked at the Pavarella Center downtown, we had to learn a lot about trespassing. And it's in part because, and this this is actually the funny part, Lance Jasper and his law firm used to be right next to the Pavarello Center downtown. Yeah. So do you know what? I actually have had interactions with Lance Jasper back in the day when I when I worked at the, the Pavarello Center because his property, which is private property, it yes. had to be enforced. Right. How do you enforce trespassing? Well, we learned from law enforcement, and this was like multiple interactions with law enforcement because- we had our own problems with people that we would uh, say, you can't be on, on property anymore. This is within the homeless shelter. And when we put them on a violation out and said, you can't be on property, one of the challenges was they would step onto the alley property and that was public. So the alleyway. Right. Which the alleyway was between the law firm and the homeless shelter. Yes.
2: Yes. And there should be signage typically. Exactly,
0: if. exactly. So I was getting to that, and I will be brief, Allie, because we do want to get on to the, the cows and, and how safe they are with the weed. You have to have signage. That was one of the first things that we we found out because you have to have a reasonable ex- expectation that the person that might be cited for trespassing privacy. knows that they are violating something. Yes. And so that visible signage, and you really want to make it visible, That is a big first step in making sure you can enforce trespassing. Is you put up a sign. And then there has to be that initial law enforcement contact in which law enforcement then verbally, usually, tells the person, you've been trespassed from this property. You cannot come back. If you come back, we will then trespass you.
2: I am somewhat familiar with the concept of trespass from a different case.
0: Hmm. Yes. Well, I think it might help the ranch manager to know if the ranch manager were to be listening to this podcast episode of Week in Review that, that trespassing does um, have to have some steps in order to, to be an enforceable thing. You can't just say, I'm going to trespass you on so Facebook and, and have is, it magically this happen. This
2: is what criminal trespass to property...
0: Are you going to Montana Code Annotated?
2: Yes. Means okay. A person commits the offense of criminal trespass to property if the person knowingly Enters or remains unlawfully in an occupied structure, or enters or remains unlawfully in or upon the premises of another. So the keyword being unlawfully. So just like, um, yeah, and like we said, signage is usually. I, I guess it's not dispositive. It it depends every Not case. dispositive. It de- <laughs> You're
0: gonna have to unpack that one for me.
2: Oh my goodness. My point is that it, <laughs> it's you can't say 100% of the time that there has to be signage in every single case. but
0: Ah, I see. Yeah. I mean, someone just verbally saying you can't come back here and documenting that, and then if they did come back, if it was well documented, let's say with a, a video, let's say you're videotaping someone like on your property and you're saying, you can't come back here. And there's no signage, but because of that documentation that you verbally communicate to them, get I, off the property. I actually
2: don't necessarily know. It really does depend on a case-by-case basis because I'm I'm thinking of...
0: Another another situation, if you are um, playing a song on a guitar outside of a fence that's not on, let's say, Wally Kongman's property. It's just on some random place in Tura. Also, probably not an area in which you can enforce trespassing. If it's trespassing. a public
2: place... If it's a public place, like, com- and, yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's fun times in Missoula County, in Granite County, and Mineral County. I mean, all of the counties in the western part of Montana have a lot of fun going on, I think.
2: Yes, they like, do. Like, fun
0: fun stuff, just exciting things.
2: I don't know about the word fun. I would say
0: you a know, lot. I, I think I am being a bit sarcastic, and I, I do want to move on, actually, because there's just a, a few more posts, because there are – there. The fun in Zoomtown in Missoula is a little unique um, to the rural parts of our community. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I'm talking about is an equation.
2: What equation?
0: No carrot plus no stick equals zero fucks from some shelter-resistant hmm. individuals in Missoula. I wanted to highlight some of my recent favorite articles about zero fuck-giving shelter-resistant individuals.
2: Okay. Such as?
0: Well, so... I, I saved the best for last but one of the first ones, one of the, the first one not one of the first one the first one is the man that refuses to stop stealing from Albertson's in Missoula oh yeah this guy's awesome so I'll, I'll do the the quote from the all, all, all of these articles if I can speak properly all of these articles come from KGBO because okay. KGBO tends to be the local media source that puts out the felony. Uh, charges for the public to consume and associated also with the, with the mugshot. So always Mm -hmm. nice. So this is from the KGBO link. The officer noted that he has investigated Seminole previously and Seminole is well aware of his trespass order. (laughs) Look at that. Yeah. What a great segue. Well aware of his trespass order from the store. So he's been communicated to by law enforcement
2: because he committed a criminal offense on the property.
0: But continues to return and steal merchandise. According to court documents, another officer has also investigated Seminole and found that he has 14 current cases involving Seminole stealing from Albertsons, including 12 that meet the elements of burglary and one that could be that could could be considered a robbery. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I'm curious
2: what could be considered a robbery, but... I'm also
0: curious about um, the investigations, because it just sounds hilarious. Like, oh, I have also investigated Seminole. You know, like, that's probably just like, hey, you're wasted, and what's in your pocket? And it's a bunch of stolen merchandise from Albertsons. I don't know how exhaustive the investigation needs to be. Anyways, moving on to number two. Number two highlights what happens sometimes when you are a non-registered offender. So... This guy, I think his name is Elwood. Yep, here we go. This is from the article. So again, from KGBO. Elwood told the officer that he has been staying outside the Pavarello Center for approximately a month and a half. He also said that he was in Kalispell prior to that. He stated he doesn't receive mail anywhere because he hasn't opened a box yet. Another officer asked Elwood what his duty to register was, and Elwood advised it was every month, which is a mandate for transient offenders. Hmm. Elwood advised that the last time he registered was three or four months ago in Great Falls. When asked what prevented him from registering in Missoula, he suggested it was because he was still traveling around town. In finding out where he would be staying, according to court documents, he confirmed that he knew he needed to register every 30 days. I highlighted that last part. There's usually a lot of emphasis I add to the quotes, but that last part about him knowing... That's sort of where the zero fucks comes in. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, but I give zero fucks. Yeah. The third zero fuck giving uh, transient type shelter resistant, non-compliant individual. This guy's my favorite. He was the man squatting in a Missoula apartment and he gets caught with oh. meth. Do You remember that one?
2: Yeah, I do. That was that from a while back.
0: You know, I thought it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was only March.
2: No, wait, what? Like last month?
0: Yep, last month. No way. March 6th, okay.
2: That feels like decades ago.
0: I know, it does highlight. It really does. It does highlight. I'm glad you also confirmed that that this only being a March offense was something that seemed a lot longer ago.
2: It really does.
0: So this guy is awesome. His name is Deutsch. This is a fun one. Are you ready for Deutsch? I am. Okay. An officer asked Deutsch what he was doing in that apartment. This is after, obviously, they responded. And Deutsch said that he has been staying at the emergency winter shelter, but for the last week or so, he was placed on an out, which the officer knew generally meant that he was not allowed on the property. (laughs) Again. Yeah. Trespassing. And is refused services in the shelter. According to court documents, Deutsch said he saw this apartment was up for rent on the internet, and he knew that nobody was currently (sighs) living in it. He said he came to the apartment. That's one way to do it. Yeah, and I I guarantee you he was probably at the library as he was looking it up. (laughs) He said he came to the apartment and saw that it appeared to be empty. He stated that the door was unlocked, so he walked in and brought all of his belongings inside. This is is where it gets awesome.
2: The doctrine of adverse possession. Oh. Yeah, continue.
0: That's a squatting legal term. Deutsch had quite a bit of personal belongings in the apartment, including a flat screen TV and surround sound speakers. He also taped blankets up to the windows. An officer noted that there was a dirty pan on the stove that Deutsch said he used to cook bacon.
2: Oh, I really, really, really thought you were going to say meth. I really... I, I, uh, uh, my brain filled in meth that bacon. blank.
0: Well, you, you you season the bacon I, with I, meth. I, oh. I think. Is I, that not how you do I, it? I
2: don't know. But you really set me up for that, and I... I you, took the bait. You
0: did not expect. You, you did not expect bacon. No. Well Bacon, meth, and another guy who gives zero fucks about what he's doing in in Zoomtown. So that was a little filler post because I I was trying to to get this video
2: that's com- a lighter side <laughs> that's well, yeah. a post on the lighter side Well, it was
0: an easy one because it was just kgvo basically yeah i'm stringing together three yeah. kgvo articles about shelter resistant transients and then the following day is when i finally had the first of two posts because I, I i was still waiting for the video to upload to vimeo right and so but i wanted to make sure that aa number seven so my assess and address reports yeah. um The first basically five to six, yeah, the first six, were assessing different things. Yeah. Different places, locations, abandoned encampments.
2: All around the community. Some
0: minor trash issues, not major. But Todd's Shanty Shack Meth then provided a big challenge. The quantitative data is right there in front of you. If you're looking at ZoomCron, right below the picture of me standing in front of that big dumpster full of trash.
2: Which was not lit on fire.
0: No dumpster fire. I did not let you do that. No. So the dates, we had April 22nd through the 26th, essentially. Not all of that was trash removal. The trash removal was primarily Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Monday was raining. And I was thinking the entire time it was raining all Monday of Dirt meth soup.
2: See if it had been lit on fire. You wouldn't be concerned about dirt it. Dirt meth
0: soup was being was being created. And I, I vomit in my mouth right now just oh, thinking gross. about it. But th- look at this. We had a couple business contacts during that period. But 37 government and community contacts. And I think I'm actually undercounting that.
2: That's a lot.
0: I talked to a lot of people. That's a lot. Five houseless contacts. Yeah. Three of those were people that I was telling about uh, Todd and explaining... Explaining to them the guy that was uh, living just you know, 10, 20 mm-hmm. feet away, basically in the river in his green tent. That's where Todd currently is by the Russell Bridge. If you check out that video that I put out, 34 minutes long, you will see me having a conversation with Todd. Very interesting. Would it's you s-
2: describe that as a conversation or...
0: Well, you know, I, I was explaining to him that the water would come up. and it sounded
2: like a lot of cussing.
0: I asked about his, his – well, I asked if that's where he was shitting, like the latrine, mm-hmm. because the shit latrine area is definitely a health hazard, and that might be in line with what is not allowed, especially since it's, like, literally in the right. s- within the river, which is just gross.
2: Yeah.
0: So I'm going to be very interested to see where all of this homeless camp cleanup goes because, as I mentioned earlier – a press conference happened. Yeah. A lot of people were saying a lot of stuff. I heard some of it. I've heard a lot of it before. Mostly it was, we can't do this. We need more money. Health hazards bad.
2: I don't disagree with the, we need more money part. I think the only point of contention at all that I would have is prioritizing the funds we do have to go to these services I, that still continues to elude me for some reason. I still don't have an understanding and I do truly honestly welcome any feedback, help cure my ignorance on this issue. Well, why, why this is not something we can financially prioritize in this community. Yeah. I from can't. the government. I I'm really, really curious.
0: I can't answer that. They're, they're too busy with other issues currently,
2: but, this is, like, a really important issue.
0: I, I will not disagree with you. I'm just so saying it they're just, busy.
2: But to me, it's like an emergency. And if you have a hole in the ship, you might want to patch it up. I,
0: I did use the leaky bucket of- metaphor when I was making my last public comment before SB 523 oh. died an ungraceful death in committee. But... Here we are having to move forward in a world. But instead of spending
2: millions of dollars on other things that are maybe like optional. How about since Ninth Circuit? You know, we actually do.
0: one of the things I mentioned, I don't know if I think it was in one of the posts, but the Sleepy Inn, which got public money. Right. They bought it for over market value. The deconstruction alone. Was pretty costly and it went over budget because they found some like crawl space, some weird yeah, thing, I, which I I'd that. like to know more about mm-hmm. 40,000 extra dollars. They have to just get more to money, demolish it. Mm-hmm. 40,000 extra dollars for the, the demolition.
2: That makes no sense to me. What, even if you did find a crawl space, why would it cost more to de- if you're demolishing the well, building? Anyway, there was an extra I, I need to read it more. There was carefully. an extra
0: layer of, uh, of asbestos abatement
2: that okay that does make sense
0: the crawl space was i think a bit separate than the, okay. the extra layer that they found the whole thing though just makes you wonder what is going on with priorities and if if the, yeah. the city and county are able to do things through public financing you do wonder why they just have to continue crying about not having enough money to deal with all this like all these issues
2: it's very curious to me and i i, I truly want an answer i'm not just asking this just for the sake of it just for the fun of it i genuinely want an answer and i, I think daniel carlino has made the same question uh, of city council and if we can get a solid answer then i'll stop asking the question
0: well all i uh need the city and county to do is somehow direct money to me because i'm having a blast with my my tiff my tiff I, I really am announcing everywhere I can. It's raging success. Yeah. And I stumbled upon one final cleanup opportunity, and this is after the meth then cleanup, the, the love boat paddle company. So some of those guys that I realized I may have kind of mocked a Black Lives Matter sign on their warehouse.
2: Why would you do that?
0: Well, I get triggered when I see these signs and they don't correspond to the action on the ground that I'd like yeah. to see. So, but my apologies, those guys kick butt and I'm really excited to have met them. So hopefully that isn't sort of a butthurt kind of thing that happened. But I went out to the West Broadway Island with a large group of volunteers. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to include a picture of the trash on the, the Sunday posting of this episode. Yeah. It was an amazing opportunity. We're going to go back out. I think you and I to hopefully chat with some people. Yeah. Because the the stuff that I learned was amazing. I'm not ready to get into the specifics yet, but there is one really interesting idea that I heard, and that's the reference to what the Pavarillo Center is called. Which is? So I got a little angry at my former employer, the Pavarillo Center, and I did put up a post called, You Want to Talk About Bloody Hands and Marginalized Populations, Pavarillo Center? Question mark. And that's because they wanted to, to chime in on the Zoe Zephyr thing. A lot of right. virtue signaling is going on. Do you know what the Pauvril Center is called among convicts, ex-convicts? What? The duck pond. Why? Because ducks.
2: Like sitting ducks or what?
0: It okay. was so interesting the way that a duck was described to me and why a duck is a reference to basically a snitch right oh. so ducks are bottom feeders
2: oh that's
0: not and the, the i can't even remember all of the details there was so much in the conversation i was trying to, to kind of mentally track and keep note of but apparently there's and this the, what it, what this was told to me was that um it was specific to deer lodge oh okay so this is, this is a Deer Lodge term for people that have been incarcerated in Deer Lodge, the okay. duck pond. So in, in Deer Lodge, the duck pond is the the area, open area, I think, where they go and have their sort of open air time. Yes. There are methods of having people that are on paper as informants, snitches, essentially, um, yeah. quack like a duck, play out a sort oh. of humiliation ritual in some okay. sense fascinating
2: interesting yeah that is very interesting
0: so so the Pavarello is quaintly called the duck pond by a lot of people and some of the conversations I had beyond that one that that was very insightful leads me to to wonder what you actually see and what might be a distraction intended to make you see one thing while something might be going on somewhere else in any case what I learned going out to the West Broadway Island with this group of volunteers is how the conversations that I can have with some of the people living out there help smooth things over and make the cleanup, uh, less, less potential for conflict. Yeah, that's good. Because I handed out some trash bags to the active campsite. And and I actually explained to them the accurate messaging that trash can be cleaned up and they can be relocated and moved along. That was one of the things that the police officer during the press conference said is that the police will be messaging that, Keep a clean camp, and you should probably try and relocate yeah. multiple times. And so, there's interesting strategies that even the police are going to be telling people on the streets. Um, but it was just it was very fascinating to be out there and to have conversations with uh, some of these some of these people. Actually, one of the things I'll, I'll mention this really quickly: there's a young native guy I was talking to, and I learned who his mom was. This really well known couple. They're in Spokane now. I, I kind of figured she might be dead at this point, but uh the, the some of the old timers that we were talking yeah. about this guy is generational when you see a lot of the the native people on the streets a lot of times it is generational stuff and so the old timers that i remember he was a kid he remembers okay. people like cockeye joe and jimmy lee some of these people that are long long since dead because now we have harley harley's a pretty yeah. well known older guy older shelter resistant guy on the street and harley's part of that that old group of transients yeah. not not transients they were they were year-round people so that's an inaccurate term to say transient but very interesting stuff so um
2: that is interesting and and what's also interesting is the role that the crisis mill levy continues to play in the public conversation because there's obviously a gap that needs to be bridged here between the way the city communicates about the need and the public response.
0: Well, w- one of the things that I've really had a hard time understanding, and like, I'm hoping to see a article about the the cleanup that I did. I'm hoping she's doing some research, and I'll actually see the article at the Missoula Current, which would be, <laughs> which would be interesting. But um, the reason some of these cleanups stopped happening is a really important story because this predated a lot of the stuff that was happening with the pandemic. Um, this was kind of before the ninth circuit court decision became solidified as the main reason for not doing anything. And part of it is a collaboration fell apart and it fell apart because of the media reporting poorly on what we were doing. And so that's a more nuanced conversation. I don't want to get into all the details, but, um, I mean, I was involved in these cleanups. I used to work with the Clark Fork Coalition directly with the health department. They were all like bringing resources to the table. Yeah. When the the Missoulian ran an article with an image that really concerned people, like the Clark Fork Coalition, they pulled back. And so when they pulled back, a couple years of inactivity yeah. out at Reserve Street turned into tons and tons of, of trash. Yeah. If you go to that video that I posted. The video footage you see at the very end that over it's sort of in, yeah. the, in the background um, of, well, Jordan is speaking. And so as you're listening to Mayor Hess, Mayor mm-hmm. Jordan Hess speak, you see what was going on at Reserve Street.
2: Yeah, that All, was from last year, right?
0: That was from last year, from last April. So 2022, it was so extensive. Wow. And according to recent reports from that group that was involved in doing the cleanup, when they went out there on Friday, so the day before Earth Day, it was a very, very joyous, yeah, joyous thing because scene, huh? the the amount of trash they no longer saw. They they cleaned up trash. There was definitely still yeah. some issues, but nothing like the tons and tons and tons Wasn't of it trash. Was it
2: like seventy tons or some
0: sixty tons?
2: Okay, sixty. That's a lot.
0: Um, it was about sixty tons over over the period of um, I think oh man four or five days, and that actually finally required. County resources like heavy lifters, yeah. bulldozers type type equipment, wow. so pretty pretty significant stuff. Good work. I'm excited to see the the final weight of the meth den cleanup.
2: Yeah, when will you find that out?
0: You know, I I may actually even have it here somewhere. So
2: yeah, you should check to see if you do.
0: Uh, anything else as we kind of start wrapping up?
2: Were those all the posts? Was there something else you wanted to mention? You want to circle back to what we started on for one second on any we, we may, sort of positive note?
0: Well, um, The Legend of Billy Jean is a movie I think people should watch. I, <laughs> I think there is some relevance there in how movements become sort of a media sensation. It's how- definitely an 80s mm-hmm.
2: movie through and through. How I don't be- know a lot about pop culture, but there was a sh- Shoot ton of 80s music.
0: There was, but the, right. It's an interesting movie. Monetizing. Monetizing this kind of stuff is is what is interesting to me because I think one of the things that's going to happen as a result of the controversy that Montana is now experiencing, being in the national headlines, both sides are going to fundraise on this. Right. And I included in one of my posts a a, a tweet, essentially, from a a very active Democrat person in Montana, definitely actively fundraising, yeah. ready to raise money. And in a lot of ways, you know, money is political speech. You've got to put money out if you want to have some kind of influence. But, yeah, it's interesting. So I, I, I'm looking at an email from Republic. I don't think this has the final report. So um, I will have to wait to get that final number. But okay,
2: but do tell us when you find out.
0: Oh, I'll be excited to bring that information. Anything else? Did you want me to say something nicer now that I'm less full of anger?
2: (laughs) Well, I'm just going to continue to say love one another and we can take this as an opportunity, any political conversation really, as an opportunity for greater understanding and I don't know. there, There are passionate people on both sides and I do think that there are reasons why people believe what they do and so as long as we bear that in mind
0: well lots of passions on both sides who who is actually getting to speak and who is represented we'll see there, there's right. there's lots of questions i mean obviously by montana legislators not allowing zoe's effort to have a platform her platform is going to be larger now
2: yeah, that that just just really didn't make sense to me uh, on any on any level. Yeah, um, the censure didn't really make sense to me, and I know a lot of people feel strongly the other way. Um, but just as an individual who's observed politics for too many years at this point, I just didn't really see the point of it.
0: Yeah, politics is really. Tiring. I think anyone that's trying to be involved right now is probably pretty frustrated when it still stays in these these Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative silos. Because more and more people are wanting, if they are engaged at all, they are not wanting to adhere to any of these uh, party lines. They want
2: to maybe get
0: nitty-gritty down to local issues. Local issues really do not carry these political labels as strongly as some of these national movements and trends. And so... Taxes, All politics is local. Trash. Cows.
2: Cows and, and save and the cows. I really, really want those pretty shaggy cows to be protected.
0: Well, you know, if, if if Marty is doing his job as the Montana state veterinarian, I think he'll look into it after he gets past his shock that someone would call about such a topic in the first place. He was, he he went from being sort of befuddled um, to being sort of. Um, very defensive i'm not sure
2: understandably you
0: know i I actually do feel bad for anyone that has to deal with me before 9 a.m on a monday morning i that that could not have been easy so marty again if you're listening i really doubt you are but my apologies probably a few people i could apologize to it's been a long week but we've reviewed it thank you for tuning in to this review of the week week in review yeah allie thank you for joining me thank you we will be around next week, hopefully, to figure out what the heck is still going on here in Zoomtown, and the legislature is like wrapping up next week. Yes, we may try and make an effort to get out there and, and see it for ourselves. Yeah, so stay tuned. Thank you, and we're gonna finish with a different song. I had a song that was I I, I was really loud in the microphone. I can't do that at that level, is what I learned about this current microphone setup. Mm -hmm. But I got the audio fixed, and so now I'm going to play the song. It's a love song for Ellen. Okay. That's kind of sarcastic. It gets very loud. Oh, okay. Are you ready to hear it? I think so. I don't know if they're ready to hear it. They're going to hear it anyways, though. All right. Stay tuned next week. Adios for now. Adjusting the microphones on a late 420 evening. 4:20. It's a time Stop when when festivals happen, and festivals are something that Ellen likes. But you know what Ellen doesn't like? The end of Tiff. But it's not the end of Tiff. <laughs> we gotta make a song to make Ellen feel better, and you gotta sing along. You don't know the words yet, but maybe by the end, maybe you will.
1: She'll be okay. Ellen, I think it's gonna be okay. You don't have to go yelling to the newspaper. Inside the Capitol. Ellen, I'm sorry that you're sad and you're scared and you're frightened. You and Tasha and the rest of the board at MRA. Well, Ellen, I don't think the sunset is gonna be the worst thing in the world. Cause Ellen, I looked. Okay, yeah, so your salary, Ellen, is going to go away pretty pretty drastically. But that's an indiv- individual impact to you and all the other directors out there who like to give money to, to what? Well, Ellen, it was 2019 and guess what? We didn't like all that money going to a developer from Wisconsin. You know why? Because this developer was not just a developer. No, he liked to get involved in the local cultural production music scene. And he bought buildings and he did lots of things. And he's he's not just local. He's going regional. You know, Ellen. But you might have been too busy putting the fear of blight into. All those city officials, you help the Lamrose family say it's going to come and it's going to be so scary. Ellen, I think you are terminally afraid. I think you have fear like it's some kind of virus in your brain. Ellen, that kind of person should not be in charge of so much money. Ellen, that shadow government should no longer be allowed to continue giving money to Mexican restaurants for their windows. You know, the T.C. glass for their windows, and the Radius Gallery, and the Bridges, and the Consultants, and the Communication Plan. And Ellen, I know you don't like Jesse Ramos. Ellen. I know you don't like him at all. But Ellen, he's he's right. It should have just been blight that you were doing things for not housing, workforce housing, workforce housing. You say it over like a mantra, like a spell, like a ritual, Ellen. Ellen, why? What did you sacrifice to make these bridges happen, Ellen? So, Ellen, I know you got upset at a lot of other people like Daniel Carlino. And it might be confusing to people out there because Daniel Carlino and Jesse Ramos are from different sides of the political aisle. Ellen, it's almost like you're yelling at everyone now. And I can sympathize, Ellen, because I'm yelling a lot, too. In the comments as well! I get point of order sometimes! But Ellen, I'm gonna tell you something. I have a regret. I do. Ellen, I have a regret because I saw you eating breakfast at the Great Northern Hotel. I saw you eating that hotel breakfast by yourself. You didn't look like you were having any fun. This was not a festival you were at. You were not being able to enjoy any cannabis, legal or illegal, on this 429. Ellen and I have a regret that I did not come over and, and sit down and say, you know what? I think we're both blighted in our soul. I think we both could use some tax increment financing right now. Ellen, I, I would have taken the biggest line of TIFF. I would have put that big line of TIFF on the, on the table in front of us. And I said, Ellen, I know you've got some cash on you. I know you've got some stiff bills. And I'm not talking about SB523, Ellen. I'm talking about some cold cash that you can roll into a tube. And that tube can go into your nose. And you can take a big old inhalation. Ellen, I will take an inhalation with you. I will find a way to connect with you, Ellen. Over breakfast, some coffee, maybe a croissant! Croissant. I bet there are some bakeries out there that have enjoyed their tax increment financing. They've probably started their bakeries, maybe not in competition with other bakeries, because that would be sad. That would be an unfortunate result of tax increment financing. i like if Starbucks, if you allow Starbucks to come in to compete with a local coffee shop, Ellen on Brook Street, in Midtown. Midtown is up and coming, Ellen! Don't tell me that ever happened. Please don't don't tell me Starbucks ever benefited Benefited from tax increment financing Cause that would make me cry in my heart Starbucks is not something Missoula locals the would support Remember Einstein Brothers? Yeah, I fucking hardly remember Einstein Brothers as well Because it's gone, Ellen Just like your salary Your big compensation Do for doing what? For finding ways to spend other people's money God damn it, Ellen! Money. That's no longer something that people it's are just bad. gonna fight by. Ellen, I was walking I was walking by the WADS capital condos the other day. It was really sad, Ellen. The track house is gone, Ellen! Danny Carlino wanted to save a, a few cheaper m- units of housing, Ellen! And you guys yelled at him! He's, he's the future! Danny Carlino's the future! If you need a recommendation on a nursing home That allows you to drink copiously While people are administering your end-of-life meds I used to work at Aging Services I did! You can ask Gwen Jones about that! Not Tasha Jones, that's more like Water Company Give me 80 million so we can buy this here water infrastructure for you Well, Ellen, I can give you a recommendation If you got a nursing home that you want to retire to when that salary's no longer there! You just call 1-800-ME Goodbye, and I'll help you out. salary. Ellen, I know it's gonna be a long night, but there are friends out there. Friends you might not even know yet. But I know I met some new friends at the Great Northern Hotel. People I only saw on Facebook, but I saw them in real life. And we, we found,
0: we found each other, Ellen, and you can too. But not with my money anymore. Ooh. Have a good night, Ellen. I'll be thinking about you.